on my wayward son. I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. This is Herman Munster. Leave a message. Don't you cry no Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. How are you today, Chris? I uh, feel blessed, not stressed, my friend. Blessed, not stressed. Hashtag blessed, hashtag not stressed <laughs> is the uh, motto, the official motto of this podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming on this journey with us. It's, it's been a long one. We're in, we're in season three. We've only got two more seasons before the show ends. We're almost done with season three. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fat chance of that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be going for a good long time. Uh, nothing really like admin wise to talk about. I do just want to remind people real quick that uh, we're s- quickly approaching our feedback episode, which we do at the end of after the finale of every season, I should say. So if you're uh, if you want to ask us a question, if you want to give us a prompt, if you want to tell us how great we are or how wonderful we are, monstertheweek.cool/contact is the best way to do that. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Just go to monstertheweek.cool to find links to all of those sites. Um, what's that, What else is happening, Chris? Do we need to talk about anything before we get into the show, or do you want to just barrel right into the show? I think we should just barrel right into it, because we're going to stray from the path at some point anyway. So. It's true. We're probably going to digress at least five times during this episode, so let's get on to it. Why don't you hit us with that road so far? Uh, big shout-outs. Autumn Greer, friend of the show, for writing that out for us. Friend of the show, Autumn Greer, thank you so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, road so far. Sam and Dean are at a loss. Despite learning that some demons were once human and harassing some desperate housewives, Dean still thinks Ruby and all of her friends are gross. Then, Sam spends <laughs> six months listening to Asia and watching Asia. Dean die in pursuit of the trickster. <laughs> And finally, our hunks, our hunks lucid dream their way into Bobby's origin story. Oh, uh, and Bella stole the cult. Right? How stupid is that? That they they let Bella steal the cult. They let that happen. So I want to I want to keep Bella in her mind. Uh, so 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 because I, I have a really important question to, for you. Um, when we get into this next episode, the very first one we're gonna we're gonna get into is how, how do you pronounce this? Is this je in Bello? Like, is this a French thing? I don't know. What are we, what are we doing? I here? don't know if it's if it's uh, just in Bello or if I always just, just said just in Bello, but that's, just in Bello. You know, okay, I'm just an I'm just a American boy, you know, doing my best mm-hmm. to to make it through this crazy world. So you're I always just, said just in Bello, but it means it means you're just law, an American boy rapping law. alongside while Janelle sings. Like that's. <laughs> That's, that's what you you're know doing. me. I know how you do. You know me. <laughs> um, uh, this episode title yeah, it means law of war. And yeah, yeah, it does not mean good gravy. To, like I really, really tried to get it to mean earlier, but Chris wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really pan out that way. But I think that both could be applied, and uh, we'll unpack that later. I'm sure. sure. Yeah, we'll get to the gravy and the and the justice. <laughs> so don't worry. You know we will. <laughs> this was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Phil Sarisha. On uh, air date was February twenty first, two thousand eight. I believe that there was a pretty significant break in our last couple of episodes, right? Or was there a break after the Christmas yeah, episodes um, that we just didn't pick I'm up? I'm not on? sure how they how they spread this out. Okay, but uh, but they it, do this this, season's the, weird. Yeah, the, this season was really weird, as we noted at the the very first episode where we started covering season three. Like the writer strike is is imminent, so we're about to get extremely cut off, basically. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and I think that one of the episodes in this. Um, group is a, a direct result of the writer strike, 
and sure. they reference it in this anyway. I think some of our dangling plot threads that we're going to have are definitely victims <laughs> of the direct, directly caused by the writer's strike. Uh, the description for this episode yeah. is Sam and Dean are double-crossed by Bella, who has them arrested. But when Agent Henryson arrives at the jail to take them, he discovers they've been surrounded by demons intent on killing everyone. Which is uh, which is pretty accurate, uh, because in our mm-hmm. cold open, uh, it immediately kind of crashes us into Sam and Dean tearing apart a room, like looking for a cult, implying that it's it's Bella's room. Uh, yes. And the phone rings, and it's Bella who has called the cops on them. So, yeah. why? <laughs> Number one, I guess, why? why? Why did Bella do this? So, we don't know yet. Okay. But I, I think that the way that uh, the season was going, and maybe, I don't know, this fan reaction to Bella. I think you and I kind of like Bella. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, I know that fans really didn't. Uh, I think that the female audience didn't. So, I don't know if her her time was being cut short or if it was just the nature of the season itself regardless there's some stuff going on with bella that we don't really get to see fleshed out we just get it told to us later yeah which sort of explains what she's doing here and i don't want to say it yet because i don't i don't want to yeah, uh, spoil we, anything we have people but, that are watching but, along with the show so we don't want to spoil them for it um and if but and bella's if, been very sorry go ahead no go ahead um, I just said that so bitchy. Wow. <laughs> it was because I was taking in a breath. It didn't mean for it to sound like... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Hey, hey, go, so ahead. Bella... go ahead. Chris, go ahead. You got no, something? Jeremy, you, you, you got go. something. You got something to say. Listen. Obviously, it's more important than what I have to You should go first. Please finish your thought. <laughs> please. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bella, um, at this point, she's been kind of like playing around with the boys a lot, using them, but there's been this flirtatious sort of like build up between them all you know mm. they're gonna have this you know big bloody threesome and take that however you want i don't i don't want to and... i don't want to take that at all i want you to take it back well, she shot go. sam she shot sam and i immediately just started thinking of blood i don't know what kind of things the three of them would get up to together she shot, so... she shot sam and uh now sam is having like graphic dreams about her so like yeah tells you what sam wants out of Sam's a woman a, he's he's in a weird place because he's used to having the woman die after <laughs> after sex yeah know. So he's hoping that somebody like Bella would stick around. What's uh what's what is Sam's motto in life? Hashtag stay stung. Hashtag stay stung. Uh fuck. Alright. Bella at this point I think is no longer willing or able to kind of play around with the boys. Whenever she discovered that they had the cult, I think then she set her eyes on that and any sort of relationship she might have been building with the boys gets thrown out the window. We don't really know why, but the cult being what it is suggests several things. Does Bella need it? Does she want to sell it to somebody? Uh, is she working for the demons? There's a lot of questions at this point if you've never seen what's happen- going to happen next. Um, and the frustrating so- – my other, my other problem with this is – and the, the frustrating thing about it is that uh, this happens at the very beginning of the episode. We see Bella doing this and then she disappears for the next – like all of this episode and the next two that follow mm-hmm. it. So, like, it feels yeah. like a dangling plot thread at this point. Like, because I kept expecting it to pop up at the either the beginning or the end of the episode to be like, oh, yeah, we heard that Bella was killed in a car crash. So we contacted the insurance company and got the cult back. Like, I was expecting, like, mm-hmm. some just easy, like, Deus Ex Machina thing for them to get the cult back. But it never, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it happens in the la- last two episodes. Uh, yeah, I know she shows up a- again, but I don't know if it's more than once. So, like, I, this is kind of the last we see of her for a while, at least. But she, she, Apparently found out about this, the you know past situations about Sam and Dean. Probably not that difficult to do. And so she she notifies the police. She notifies Hendrickson. Or uh, I don't know if it's that she notified him specifically. 
but she notified the police who were, were probably immediately going to notify Hendrickson uh, because he's got this big case hunting down Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've seen him since, what, the bank? Since episode? the bank episode, Did we see yeah. him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we've seen him since then. So but, the, last, uh, the last time we saw uh, Sam and Dean interact with Hendrickson was the bank episode where they, uh, they were tracking down a shifter who um, and had been kind of held up in this bank by some other things that we're not going to get into now. Uh, and then Sam and Dean escaped by uh, basically knocking out a couple of SWAT team members, dressing up in their armor, and then sneaking out the back way. So they, they escaped from Hendrickson's grasp. And uh, now, and Hendrickson is pissed. Throughout this episode, he's not only he, he's, he's extremely aggro towards just about everybody, especially Sam and Dean. At one point, he remarks that uh, Sam and Dean are Hannibal Lictor and his half-wit little brother, which... Which one yeah. is he talking to there? Which one is Hannibal Lecter and which one's the halfwit? Because it fits either way. Like he could be going it's either true. way. Uh, I think that Hendrickson has his his eyes on Dean specifically because Dean had that murder pinned on him because mm-hmm. of the shifter, uh, and it's kind of he's the he's the big brother. Where Sam doesn't have much of a record. He went to school. There's the record of that. So they I think they see Dean as like the big evil mastermind. And I don't know if Bill is six the cops on them because she's like you know what they'll be fine. They always figure something out. You know, those boys are wily enough to get themselves out of this. Or she just doesn't give a shit. It's probably that she doesn't give a shit. Uh, but yeah, the the boys get pinched. They get pinched. They do. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that word choice right there. Yeah, they get pinched, and we see them uh, led into the local sheriff's station in chains and um, kind of stuffed in the back. And isn't there like a scene where there's like a drunk guy that that's you know you know sobering up or drying off or whatever in the in the thing? And, and Hendrickson is like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're, you're let go." And the sheriff yeah. is like, "You can't let go of our prisoners." <laughs> Which it's is one of those of you know typical type thing like fancy FBI guy versus local cops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the little bumpkin that's like bumpkin PD as they're kind of like represented as. As even though I don't think that any of these these cops all seem like they can do their job pretty well, but Hendrickson is kind of holding it down. Uh, Hendrickson yeah, is, just, is, is definitely not, the most important person in the room, according to Hendrickson. Like, if you ask Hendrickson... And people kind of, like... People don't seem to necessarily like him. Like, the cops don't really like that he's, like, acting like this, but they totally respect him. Yeah, and well, and they kind of have he's to. Kinda, so. They do have to. Uh, but he's really laying it down, but he's not He's not trying to screw around with Sam and Dean whatsoever. He's got them in chains, uh, and he shoves them into the cell. They vacate the cell of the drunk guy like you said mm-hmm. and they immediately just like we're calling in a helicopter to get them out of here because he's not playing around at all not he's at all. going like directly to wherever maximum security prison yeah they, he wants them in a, in a holding facility quick fast and in a hurry um the deputy director of the fbi so henrickson's boss shows up which is which felt kind of weird on the first viewing of this like why is this boss dude showing up and then he immediately like shoves a bunch of paperwork at at Henriksen and says like, "Hey, you need to fill all this stuff out." And Henriksen's like, "You got to be kidding me! Like, I have a helicopter outside. Like, we can't do this on the helicopter ride. Like, I got to get these dudes out of here." <laughs> uh, and then the deputy director does something pretty strange. He goes back into the back where Dean and Sam are um, incarcerated, and he fucking shoots Dean with a gun. <laughs> like, yeah, just straight just, up like, fucking pulls his assassin weapon. shit. Yeah, like, and this is fucking crazy. And uh, they grab Sam grabs the gun and like kind of pulls him t- into the to the bars to try to knock him out and then starts exercising him because the guy is very obviously a demon. Yeah. But then of course I like the way that they start like throwing around the exorcism like like bad boys because it's <laughs> one of the only things that Sam and Dean have in their arsenal besides the cult to take on demons. Mm-hmm. And you know we saw uh, Dean a couple episodes ago not remembering the spell once he lost his uh, Bible or whatever the heck he's reading from his spell book. His little black exorcism book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And now we've just, we see Sam basically like pinning this guy in and, and 
yelling the exorcism at him. Uh, I like that. It's like they're, they're stepping up their game a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's um, this whole thing is very, very tense and very, very like kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of pressure right now watching this. Like I'm, I'm kind of nervous about what's going on. Again, they like to, especially when it comes to the cops, put Sam and Dean into these like, how are they going to get out of it situations? And it, it kind of works for me up till right now. Like it, it works for me. I, I've seen them do some stuff in like seasons twelve and eleven that that, that work for me less. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about those when we get there in twenty nineteen, Chris. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh. So Hendrickson and all the cops show up because they heard the gun shop and then realize like something fucking weird is going on. Uh, it's pretty. It's a t- it's a tense scene though because there's a like look at him. We didn't shoot him. Like all these. There's just so much going on because they think that like Sam stole the gun from the mm-hmm. guy and shot him because he's lying unconscious on the floor. But they're like check him for a bullet hole. He doesn't have one. Also Dean was the one who shot and nobody gives him first aid. Nobody. Yeah. Like and this and this is going to come up when uh, because Hendrickson like goes out and starts like securing the place and this is where we find that the the helicopter pilot from outside is is dead, which is a bummer. Um, Oh no, right before this, I'm sorry. Sam has to beg this receptionist chick of like, please bring me a bandage for my brother. He's been shot. <laughs> yeah. And this innocent looking, like kind of wide eyed girl of a receptionist. Um, I guess she's a receptionist. I call her receptionist throughout these notes. So hopefully she actually is. Uh, but she, she kind of helps him out a little bit, but that's when all of the power and the lights go out and everything starts. Yeah. Getting and Sam spooky. grabs her crucifix from her because her rosary he needs it. And I, we, yeah, yeah. Her, her rosary. Mm-hmm. I just wish she asked for it. Yeah, that could have been. She probably would have given it to him. Sure. Like, can I can I borrow that for a second? <laughs> I just would like like some sort of comp. She probably would have handed it over. She seemed like that type of gal. Seems like but a he nice grabs joke, her yeah. arm and then rips it from her, so she screams. I'm like, Sam, you're just gonna make them hate you. Stop it. Yeah. Well, Sam's used to you know this this is his kind of flirtation, right? Like he's expecting this woman to kill him or die. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he's a whole new level of freak. He's a though. whole he new anymore. level of freak. Yeah. If we're we're on episode twelve of season three. He's getting freaky by the moment. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so every all the lights and everything go out uh he Hendrickson realizes like they're about to be set upon by by something he doesn't quite know what he thinks it's sam and Dee's friends coming to break him out and uh, obviously it's not uh mm-hmm. this is where they steal the rosary um and i like dean's line here who he's, he's saying like this is kind of weird that they're coming directly for us and sam's like why do you think that is and he's like because we're awesome <laughs> Dean, yeah. that's not a reason that Dean's go after you, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> it's it's just it's Dean like Dean's humor in this is is great. Him still trying to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. We're like they're in such a desperate situation. He's like, well, the only thing that I can figure out as to why this is happening, it's because we're so awesome. Because we're awesome. <laughs> he's kind of right. Yep. <laughs> I mean, um, so the sheriff shows up and he's going to move Sam and Dean to like another place to a more secure facility or something. Uh, but Hendrickson shows up and, and tries to stop him. And Hendrickson kind of out of nowhere shoots the sheriff and kills him, uh, which, you know, makes Sam and Dean realize exactly what's going on. Hendrickson has been possessed by a demon. Luckily, Sam has stolen a rosary and made holy water out of the toilet water in the, in the cell. Oh, man. And shoves Hendrickson's face in it, which, and they kind of give you the camera angle from the perspective of the toilet. And, I don't know, man. Like, I, I love surprise holy water just as much as I love surprise double traps. Like, this is at the kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, all. Like, it's do you remember when shit. John like blessed the entire water tower at the at the yeah. at the wet pipe factory back in season one? That's that forever, shit is dope. That's forever on the surprise highlight reel of Supernatural. It's so good. <laughs> like so, a, yeah, a surprise I'm, I'm holy that. toilet water, Chris. Come on. <laughs> I just wish somebody would have tossed Hendrickson a, a towel afterwards because sure. that shit's gross. Literally, yeah, it's, a it's prison fucking bathroom. Can't can't but, be great. Okay. Yeah. That a drunk was just at so yeah 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 but that's kind of that's the the moment that 
that we needed. That was really something like that happening was really the only way we were gonna uh, get Hendrickson on the boys' side. Yeah, you know, almost any other situation other than he himself getting uh, possessed and then exercised was not was not gonna work out. Yeah, once they exercise the demon, uh, Hendrickson is is at least willing to open his mind a little bit that Sam and Dean might've been telling the truth. Um, I, I love the, I mean, it's, it's a dumb line and I, it's, it's, it's a gimme, but man, I, I actually kind of really dig the, when Henderson kind of wakes up and he's himself, he says, Oh my God, I shot the sheriff. And Dean kind of yeah. does like, he kind of does this like inappropriate face. Like I know I'm about to say something inappropriate, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> it says, <laughs> but you didn't shoot the deputy and kind of like, kind of does his eyebrows. Like he's almost got like jazz hands. Like, ta-da, there's my yeah. joke. <laughs> And then just the slowly, like, uh, <laughs> fading smile as he realizes, like, no, nobody, not even you, Sam, nope. come on. <laughs> yeah, and Sam kind of glares at him. That's that's always fun. He's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I love Sam's dude, what the fuck moments after uh, after Dean does something like that. Absolutely. So, all right. Now the boys are free, and they've, they've got Hendrickson and the rest of the gang on their side, presumably. Mm-hmm. Because outside, everything... Everything's like really going crazy, like the electrical storms, all that kind of shit that we've been seeing. I don't know if we get to see much of the electrical storm yet, but there's some sort of like CGI visuals of that later on. Well, we get it. We um, get it. About, shit's just <clears throat> popping off. Yeah, shit's popping off. They decide to like armor up the place a little bit. They're going to. Uh, Dean runs outside to get supplies, and that's when he sees like the swirl of like the crazy. It's basically the monster from Lost, right? Like from season one of Lost, <laughs> the black yes. smoke monster. Yes, it's the that monster, except yeah. with like eight different like little tendril things poking out, which we know as the viewer is like a cloud of demons rushing rushing into the police station. Mm-hmm. So Dean immediately is like, "Oh shit." And uh, <clears throat> fortunately, they have laid salt everywhere and prevented these demons from getting in. Yeah, they've been able to barricade themselves inside, but as of right now, they can't really do anything. Uh, th- this this is one of those things in the, this next part where Sam and Dean hand out, hand out talismans to everybody. Mm-hmm. They're anti-possession talismans, and we get the reveal that they have tattooed this talisman on their chest. Yes, um, which peop- <laughs> listeners might recognize as the logo for the show and the logo for most supernatural podcasts. Apparently, we didn't do any research before we did our stuff. So. <laughs> Whoops! Uh, I mean, what yeah, else are you supposed to do? Yeah, what are you, you going to do? Like draw something yourself? Fuck that! We're podcasters. We're not artists. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they hand out these uh, like little like things on a necklace, these little talismans, and I'm, I'm I guess I'm just really glad that they th- had that foresight to make five or ten of these at some point. <laughs> Like, do you think yeah, Sam and Dean were just in a hotel room, like to have them around whittling? Like, do you think just whittling? There's <laughs> one night at Bobby's, they're all kicking back, drinking beers, and just whittling these little things away. Or they just got them directly from Bobby and didn't do any of the work themselves. Like, that's, um, I actually, you know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that's canon. Yeah, they just stole all of these from Bobby because they figured they were going to need them one day. I don't remember. It's in one of these episodes, but I just had the revelation that like. Sam and Dean are never just kicking ass. It's always just like they luck into a win out of something. Oh, it's in the third episode of this when Sam is like having a fist fight with uh, the monster of the week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I thought about that too. Yeah. He, he's just able to win, not because he's like a huge dude who like knows how to fight, which he is, but because of like the position of his enemy, where. In this, they're kind of, like, prepared. Like, they have... Even despite the fact that they were just in jail, like, they're like, yeah, well, we actually... We prepare for situations like this, and we carry around all of these anti-possession talismans. Uh, because, you know, sometimes shit gets a little bit real, and you gotta be ready for it. I'm like, wow. 
you boys are actually ready for something for once. Like, they handle every situation they're in really well, but they're never ready for them. Yeah. This time, they're actually ready. They're, uh, they, they're actually, you can tell that they've been doing a little bit of preparation. Like, you know, if you have to go to work every day and your work is in the salt mines, eventually you're going to bring, like, some good boots. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're going to start yeah. preparing for the job that you do every day. So, it's taking them a while. It's taking them a few years. <laughs> they're finally starting and to I think, think like, we... oh, okay, demons. Anti-possession talismans. Let's make some of those. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've started to address the fact that they're no longer just hunting. That now they're at in this demon war and, you know, shit's popping off. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I, I don't want to call it like the first battle because um, them coming out of, all the demons coming out of the, the Hell's Gate at the end of season two, that feels like sort of like the the, the starting battle, you know, the infiltration into the human world. Uh, and, but this is like the first organized attack I guess we've seen from, like, from the demons, you know? Um, there was the Seven Deadly Sins in Episode 1, but that was just, like, that was seven demons coming to attack the boys. Sure. This is, like, something on a way bigger scale, because they don't even really address it that much, but it's basically, like, half of this small town gets possessed by demons to go attack the boys. This is an onslaught, and when they look outside the window, they do see half the fucking town. Like, there's, like, 30 or 40 people lined up out there, all with black eyes, just waiting for, and trying to figure out a way to get in. The receptionist right here has a couple of really good lines of, like, that's, th- those are my friends out there. I'd recognize those yeah. people. Um, fortunately, a superhero shows up to save the day. Her name is Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby says, now, "This is some interesting shit from Ruby." Yeah, I, I like this a lot. Ruby comes in and says she has to had to kill her way in. So you know, R.I.P. to those like you know twenty year olds, yeah, twenty somethings out there that you know no longer have a life. Um, yeah. But she's of course wants the cult first off, and a, you know Sam and Dean do not have it because Bella has taken it, which he's extremely pissed off about. I actually mm-hmm. I really like it when Ruby gets exhausted with the uh, like as much as we were just praising them for being you know good at their jobs like ruby being angry at them for being inept is something that's very funny to me yeah it uh it makes a lot of sense because it was seeing desperate ruby is interesting because we've never seen her like really like flustered you know we've seen her like get pissed at dean we've seen her uh tangle with that demon last episode in the witch coven where um she seems like she's out of sorts but then really you know she's She's got a trip, trick up her sleeve, whatever. We, mm-hmm. Ruby always has something, and she has something here too. But it's a very much last resort plan that she reveals to everybody, and um, it's n- unlike we've ever seen her before, really. And it starts to suggest we don't exactly know Ruby's motives yet, but it starts to suggest that, that she has a greater dog in this fight than we realize. Yeah, um, since they don't have the the cult. Uh, Ruby says, well, I know a spell, and this this spell that I can do will vaporize every single demon in a one-mile radius. Um, the only the only issue is that we need to have uh, virgin blood. We need to have a virgin. And everyone looks around and is like, there's no virgins here. Like That's, that's, that's stupid. And then, of course, there are, our nice receptionist lady, whose name I don't think I managed to note down anywhere, uh, kind of <laughs> pipes up and is like, oh, I'm a virgin. <clears throat> and Dean is absolutely flabbergasted about this. We have never seen Dean blink an eye at a monster. We, I mean, he saw a Wendigo, totally cool with it. Jin, totally cool with it. Demons, totally cool with it. His dad back from hell, totally cool with it. He sees a virgin, <laughs> and he's freaked the fuck out. He's like, "Are you? what do you yeah. mean you've never had sex? Like He's just he's boggled by that Dean's idea. He's an idiot. <laughs> it just kills me. Like... <laughs> but they're like, okay, yeah, well, we're not gonna like sacrifice her, sorry. Um, even though Ruby is basically like, okay, you can kill that girl or we're all just going to die anyway. So like, yeah. what do you want to do? 
And and, uh, and man, there's unfortunately, several. There's several cool things in this scene, though. Like number one, the receptionist agrees. <clears throat> so yes, yes, like she she's willing to do it because she wants to save her friends. Uh, and number two, Henriksen is the one that says like we don't we don't sacrifice people if we do, you know we we're no better than them. And Dean kind of looks at mm-hmm. it and like and I, you have to just like see the the gears like clonking over one by one in Gear's head of going like oh wait my dad sacrificed himself for me now I have sacrificed myself for Sam like oh yeah I'm probably not as good of a person as Henriksen even though I I kind of felt that I am like I'm the big badass guy and he's the dumbass cop. Yeah, he uh, Hendrickson and and. And Dean really start to see eye to eye here. They have like this weird respect for each other, and it's kind of cool after seeing how much Henriksen hated him for you know the last two seasons. And when they're in this situation and they realize they're on the same team, like they, at least from Dean, he he kind of sees like okay, this is he's he's a good dude, you know. And like you just said, like he's he's a better man than I am. Mm-hmm. He's better at protecting people. He's better at doing the right thing than I am. It's just too bad he's not a hunter. I guess. <laughs> um, but. Sam does not protest it. He doesn't say anything. And that's that's kind of a problem to Dean. He's like, "Come on, Sammy, like you can't be serious." Like it Dean's or Sam's just kind of just kind of shrugging and the uh receptionist just sort of insists that this is her choice. But it's weird, you know, Sam Winchester, I I can't say it enough, but like the old Sam would never have let this happen. No, no. And and new Sam doesn't fucking care. Like this is this is yet another example of him just being a dick about this stuff. Uh, fortunately, Dean's not really okay about this. <laughs> like, he's like, we're definitely not going to do any of this. Uh, or, you know, Ruby basically just leaves at this point. She's like, you know, I, I, I was willing to kill myself so that you guys can win, but I'm, I'm not going to stay around here to watch you lose, which is a really, really good line. Yeah. So she fucking jets. Um, yeah. And man, like this, this next scene and the, the kind of twist that happens, I think is actually pretty good. Were you surprised by this the first time you watched it? Yeah, I was actually surprised about it this time because I forgot about it. Um, I, I really liked this episode, but I didn't re- re- or realize like what their their big plan was because mm-hmm. they kind of realized they're sitting ducks in there mm-hmm. and they can't go out. The demons want to come in, but right now because everything's salted off, they can't come in. Um, so they decide to let them in, but they have to. They're going to prepare for first. They're gonna they're gonna station. At, at every door and window, and I think there's one window that is unsalted because of somebody doing something. But yeah, they have their uh, they have a plan in motion, and it's pretty cool to see them execute it. So yeah, they 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 break the salt lines on the doors and windows, allowing the demons to come. Uh, deans, haha, allowing the demons to come in. Um, and uh, when they do, like we get this like great supernatural action scene with uh, Dean and Sam and Hendrickson, just like Hendrickson, just shooting the place up. Uh, there's a great like thrown off like horror movie line where uh, the receptionist and one of the extra cops that who barely I don't even think has a line in this thing. She leans over to him and is like, "Man, when this is done, I'm gonna go have so much sex." And he kind of looks at her and she <laughs> says, "Not with you though," <laughs> which is yeah. it's just a really good horror movie line, right? Like that's just a fun mm-hmm. a fun line. Um, yeah, they've um so they let all the demons in. Meanwhile, the receptionist and the deputy they sneak outside and go up on the roof, I guess, so that once all the demons have run inside, they seal the doors and then put salt lines on them so that the demons cannot come back out once they're in, except for one demon. One random demon is able to escape, um, I guess, before they're able to put all the salt lines down, and he takes off, uh, and that's going to lead to some trouble later on. But uh, the, the plan here is not just to shoot up the town with salt. The plan here is to exercise all of them at once. Yes. 
So they've recorded, uh, I think it's Dean, um, sp- doing his exorcism onto a tape player, onto it, a fucking tape player, like, which is great. Yeah. Uh, hooked it up to the intercom system inside this, inside this police station. And then once they're all trapped, they start playing that, which exercises all of the demons at once. Isn't that just mm-hmm. fucking cool? Like, it seems a little ridiculous. It's a pretty brilliant plan. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of flies in the face of what I like about it, an exorcism, to be honest. Like, I like my exorcism mm-hmm. lore or mythologies to be like one man's will against the will of a demon or whatever. So, like, just playing it over an intercom doesn't really work for me the same way. But this is so clever and fun. I don't really fucking care that much. Like, it's just like, yeah. okay, what a great way to get rid of 30 demons. And also, let's put the speaker, let's put speakers on the outside of the Impala. 360 degrees <laughs> like this to be something yes. you're doing all you the time just be driving around <laughs> exercising any it, demons it can't the, fucking hurt oh did you hear that that's sam and dean coming down the road <laughs> yeah. i'm sure there's there's some like lore way you could like uh gloss over the fact that they're doing all of these at once and like it's not it's not a one man putting their will over the that of a demons mm-hmm. um because these are it's just kind of like a rabble you know none of these demons are serious none of these demons are um like tied down to their vessels. It's just a thing they hopped into to perform a task. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's just a trick. None of, none of it matters. It's yeah. It's, cool it's just a fun, it's just a fun narrative thing. And it, and it works for me really well. I, I really, really enjoy it. All of the demons leave. They get exercised, presumably back to hell. So, you know, that's, you know, scratch about 20 out of that hundred they released at the end of season two. Um, yeah. Luckily, it seems like most of the townspeople survive. And, uh, Henriksen is extremely mm-hmm. impressed by all this. Um, so, he decides to, instead of, you know, pulling Sam and Dean back in for charges, says, oh, I'm actually going to just kill you. And they were like, well, excuse me? It's like, no, I'm going to file. Yeah, what? Uh-huh. I'm going to say that you died in the, in the helicopter when the helicopter went down. So, And they, uh, the, the bodies were too charred to be found or whatever, identified. Um, which is good because the boys have had the cops kind of on their backs for basically since season one, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, since this has always been sort of a problem for them. Since the first episode with, that we had, uh, where we fought a shifter, uh, it's it's mm-hmm. been it's been a thing. Like it's been a it's been an issue. Like they've been kind of chased down. They haven't really focused on it very much in season three, but during season two specifically, like they were hiding out from cops. They were, you know, Dean's face was on the news. That, that you know, things were happening in that nature, and presumably they went to it, jail. They, <laughs> they went to jail and then parked their car outside of the jail. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> never forget. Uh, Don't forget that shit. <laughs> but yeah, so now like this is a this is a clean escape. Like this is exactly what they had before. Which, so they're just everyone's going to think that they're dead. Everything's going to be tied up in a nice neat little bow, and they jet. They're saying okay, bye, and they're going to go have their epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty heavy epilogue though, because the, you think that you're done with the episode. You think you've gotten through your action, mm-hmm. and you're all set. You know, and then you look at the uh, time, and you're like, wait, there's like eight minutes to this. What else yeah. is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's going on here? So Sam and Dean are, are they've left. They're they've head back to their motel or whatever to regroup and, and tend to Dean's wounds and um then a little girl walks into the police station in like her cute little like pink party dress or whatever the hell she's wearing. Or white dress. I think she's always wearing white, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um and she what does she say? She's she's basically looking for the Winchester, right? She asked for uh she asked Henriksen for if 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 he's has seen two brothers one really tall and one really cute. And That's right. uh, it kind of, and then like, basically it, it does a slam cut back to Sam and Dean. Like, I don't think we see anything that happens there. He just kind of like, there's a look on Henderson's face. Ruby barges into the hotel room that Sam and Dean are at switches on the news. And there was an explosion at the police station, killing Henriksen, killing the Virgin receptionist, killing the cop. 
two hostages or not hostages two uh two fugitives that were in custody were also killed and uh explains to them like hey this is some bad shit <laughs> like Lilith is after you this is a new demon and she's scary as hell and you know little girl demons yeah. are all scary as hell and it gives them something i didn't really understand what she gave them like she gave them like some like i don't know tchotchke to <laughs> like some tiny duck statue or something i don't know what the fuck it was to get Lilith off their trail somehow it's some sort of totem or something protection against her but um so Lilith I don't know when she says her name, but her name is said. I don't know if Ruby is the one who says it. But uh, what we do see is that this little girl, her eyes turn white, and we have never seen a white. Oh white yeah, demon I, I did. Yeah, that white-eyed demon. We've seen red from the Crossroads demons. We've seen yellow from. We've seen know, yellow. The yellow-eyed demon. And everybody else is black-eyed, but this is a fully white-eyed demon, and it's this mm-hmm. little girl, and that makes it somehow uh, way creepier. <laughs> <laughs> it is super so this is creepy. Like the first. Uh, the first recurring child actor on Supernatural, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is setting up. Uh, not to not to go too far into, it, but it is setting up a big bad. Uh, we just we just don't really know it yet, as they like to call the the bad guys is the big bad. The big bad, Jeremy. absolutely. Yeah, I love the big bad. Yeah, Lilith is going to be kind of our and not in the next two episodes, so we're not going to talk to her again. <laughs> talk to talk about her yet? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Um, and it, like, and just the way that these things work, uh, it's going to be you know, the last two episodes of the season before we really get back to her. But for now she's like, gotta be, she's our scary demon person. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is, this is a really fun episode. I've, I really like this episode. Someone in the Eric, our friend, Eric, Z Chocobo on Twitter, uh, had kind of said to me, like, there's, this wasn't really important. And like, I'm going to have to get back to him and be like, why do you think that? Like, this seems like a, a super <laughs> important episode to me, Eric, <laughs> especially with, uh, especially with Lilith coming in at the end there. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's uh, kind of weird. Maybe mistook it for another episode. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, this is. I think this is a great episode. What about you? Yeah, yeah, this episode is awesome. Uh, I think the Big Bad Theory could have been um, an alternate title for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Big Bad Theory. TM, TM. I don't know if that's TM. the way this thing works. TM, TM. TM. We got it. No, we got it. We got it. We got it. We're, we're quick. We're quick. We got it. We're fine. <laughs> The big bad theory. Oh God, I hate that show so much. It spoils that title for me. But I really like that title. Everybody, too. everybody hates that show. Jesus, I've been watching that show. No, actually, that no, show. my 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 dad my dad likes that show. My dad also likes Supernatural. So I don't know what to tell you. We uh we talked about this briefly on Twitter. We're gonna have to get him to guest on a feedback episode. Like you realize that has to happen, right? He really likes the new season. That's what I'm saying. We Every got time to- I talk to him, he's telling me about it. I'm like, I'm behind on on episodes because I'm watching the old ones. I don't know what to, you've told to tell him. You. You, you've told him you're doing a podcast about it, right? Yeah, like a hundred times. Yeah, he doesn't care. Does, is he is he listened to it? I don't think so. <laughs> My dad still doesn't know what podcasts are. Like I've tried to explain it to him several times, and he's like, "Oh, I, I put them on my phone," and I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, I'll do that one day." That was like five years ago. Well, I guess that's I guess that and that game of catch are in the same fucking spot, huh? Wow. That one cut it got real. Got real there. Sorry, listeners, we got a little real. Next episode. Do you have anything else on this episode before we move to the next one? Uh, no, I think this episode kicks ass, and I think it's nice Same. to see the boys be able to plan for something for once. Yeah, this is this is all good. It really feels like the the boys were smarter than the demons here. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels like the boys actually mm-hmm. did some really good fucking work. Yeah, they really did some fucking work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the next episode, which is Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers. 
Writer was Ben Edlund. Director was Phil Sojourner. Uh, Eric yeah, no, nailed it. <laughs> April 24th, 2008. Sam and Dean star in a paranormal reality show that takes them to an abandoned estate that turns into one of the most haunted places in the U.S. for one night each year. This could not be more of a wrong description. Like, this is not... Yep. yep. Yeah. I yeah. think that that the joy of this episode was the surprise of it and not knowing what Mm -hmm. it is. Although to go back to my dad, he does not like this episode whatsoever. He always brings it up whenever he mentions the goofy episodes. Mm -hmm. He's always like, Oh, remember that stupid ghost hunting one they did? I'm like, dad, I love that episode. Get out of my face. I swear (laughs) to God, what am I supposed to go dark side or something? I can, uh, I can see that though, because if the thing that you like about the show is Sam and Dean doing their thing, like they don't really Mm -hmm. do their thing a whole lot. Like they do it a lot, but like a lot of the show is dedicated to these other four, other four people that are, are five people i gotta admit though i like these other people a lot though i do too i can't help it oh yeah these are all good so let's get into it so people might remember ghost facers from uh was it hell house in the season one uh yes i believe so it's the episode with the tulpa the tulpa with like Mm -hmm. the haunted house where the kids kept changing the story over and over and they were uh um, these two guys ed and harry were kind of causing this tulpa to exist by promoting like telling these stories online and getting people to believe in them uh, it was a it was a kind of a comedic episode. Like it's kind of wacky to see like little miniature Sam and Dean that are completely completely not good at this job and kind of terrified of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we our cold open is them and like the most ridiculous uh, <laughs> like tuxedos sitting in like you know tall back chairs in a <laughs> in front of a fireplace and uh, smoking pipes and talking about their new reality show. This is their pitch. They're they're pitching this show to network executives. Um, and this, this and they is, even they talk about the the writers' strike here. There's they say something about it like you're desperate for content and like here you go. Yeah, that seems a little on the nose, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like they had these actors write the episode. No, they didn't because it says writer Ben Edmund right there. I was gonna say when you don't have <laughs> any writers, writers anymore, yeah. it's just Kripke and his fucking a number two pencil, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so they're they're presenting a new reality show uh, called Ghost Facers, where they hunt down ghosts. Uh, they both work at Kinko's by day, but you know, go hunt yep. ghosts and record their hunt show at by night. night. Um, they they have a so they have a, when they I have was a crew. In, go ahead. They have a crew. When I was in high school, um, sorry again to make you feel. I don't say these things to make you feel old. I just feel like please, I, I do because I'm. Please tell me so you dressed I, up as Ghost Facers with five of your friends. No, please. I didn't tell me. unfortunately, um, but I was really into ghost hunting when I was in high school, it was like an extension of my like love of horror, like fiction. I started getting into all those shitty ghost shows because I had never been exposed to any of it before. And I didn't watch any reality TV when I was younger. So I just was watching these like ghost hunter shows and just like being like, okay, like, yeah, they're like, they're, they're catching ghosts. Like that's, this is a real deal. And that lasted for like a couple months of me being like just on board. And then I watched the show, those types of shows for you know casually over the years i don't really do it anymore but i used Mm -hmm. to love that shit um even when it was ironically loving it i still love that shit because i love ghost stories and all that so when i saw this episode it was like the collision of like my two favorite things at the time which was ghost hunting and fucking supernatural (laughs) so i was thrilled so you were extremely excited about this 
I assumed that Sam and Dean weren't going to be in this episode, so when they actually show up, I was doubly excited. Um, and that's this episode will always have a special place in my heart because it's it's different, really, than any of the other episodes. They do try some sort of similar things. They do an episode in like season seven or eight that's mm-hmm. like via webcam or something like that. I don't like that episode. Yeah, they, they, this, did, they, they like do the they, they do the paranormal activity thing at some, at some point. Yeah. yeah. But they, I feel like they nail this, and um, it works really well from a Monster of the Week perspective. I think that that is just, it works, it gets kind of creepy later on, and I mm-hmm. also think it's incredibly funny. So I'm going to stop talking about it, let's get into it. Yeah, let, let, let's get into it. So our, our cold open is basically them introducing their reality show and introducing the people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, our first our first guy is Corbett. Corbett's like a, a young, kind of clean-cut dude who's there to assist Ed and Harry. Uh, Ed steps because two lone wolves need other wolves. <laughs> yeah. You have to preface that. The uh, the lines in here, man, like, oh my god, like the comedic episodes are supernatural when they work. They work so good. And they're so well written, and these dudes do a wonderful job of delivering this this goofy mm-hmm. ass shit. Uh, but yeah, like they and because they they talk about all of this. Um, also, there is Ed's stepsister Maggie, who's kind of a, a an attractive woman. I don't remember how they say that. They're related. I know they say stepsister, but I don't, I don't think they go. It's really his, it's his adopted it. stepsister. Adopted stepsister. That's what it is. Um, I think and then, she said like, "Oh, this is Ed's sister," and then he goes, uh, "Adopted sister." He just makes a point of saying that she's adopted. <laughs> uh, there's another guy whose name is Spruce, who's kind of like their tech guy. Although I, I think I just made that up in my head. Like I, in my head, I was waiting for the tech guy, but he does roam around with cameras and stuff. So we're just gonna call him the tech. Yeah, guy. he's their cameraman. He's mm-hmm. um, I believe he also says he's 15th, 16th Jew. And one sixteenth Cherokee, um, or something like that. Yeah, he makes the point of, of pointing out his own heritage. Spruce is my least favorite of the Ghost Facers. I'm just going to say that outright. Like, yeah. I, I like Ed yeah. and Harry a lot. I think Corbett is the most charming dude in this in this episode, almost. And uh, Maggie is 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 what she is. Like, she doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. But Spruce is my least favorite guy. Um, he doesn't do a lot. He just basically interviews everybody throughout the episode. Their their plan is to stake out this haunted house. Who, uh, as the as the show notes, as Autumn Greer, friend of the show, Autumn Greer mentioned in the uh, opening, uh, is there. It, it's haunted once a year, and it's on a leap year. So technically, yeah. it's only once every four years. Um, yes. So it's it's it gets extremely haunted this one day out of the year. They're going to go sleep in this house. They make a point of saying that nobody has ever done this before. Which is going to come up in a, in a little bit, which I, I really enjoy. Like no one's ever done this before, so we're going to be the first ones to go in here and do it. Uh, it's also here that we learn that Corbett is extremely into Ed. Like he's got yeah. like a super mad crush on Ed, and it is just a big old fashioned crush on him. Yeah, like they, <laughs> he is. It's just really, really charming. Um, it's just like puppy love. Like he can't. Like he just gets all nervous around him and just wants to do nice things for him. It's a it's crush. Just, it's like a high school, like adorable. early college crush, man. Like it's so good. Yeah. Um, it just feels so nice and pure. Thank you, Corbett, for bringing this into the supernatural yeah, world. I thank love you, this. Corbett. He just and he just joined the, the the crew because he saw Ed putting up signs at the um, at the mall, and I think he describes him. He's like, yeah, you know. So I first met Ed at the mall, and he he describes his beard. He's like, he's got this 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 sort of golden, just sort of beard thing. He says, sort of beard, and the way he says sort of beard always makes me laugh. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and then he's like, um, what's his name? Uh, Harry. I, Harry. Harry's uh, Harry's nice. Harry's Harry's okay. After going on yeah. and on about Ed, <laughs> they uh they go to break into this uh, haunted house, which is like fenced off. And um at this at this point, a couple of different things happen. Maggie asks if they have a permit, and and Harry is like, 
Uh, sure. Yeah, we have a permit. Go ahead and cut open that fence for me. That's a good idea for next time. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. It's a good idea for next time. But a car drives by, uh, and I, I love this so much because it's like they hear a car coming. They can hear music blaring out of this car. They can hear this extremely loud car. Obviously, it's the Impala. Like, viewers know that the Impala is going to yeah, drive by. But they're all like, oh, shit, we better hide because they think it's the cops. Yeah, and Sam, and Sam and Dean drive by, shining a light out and kind of scoping this place out and just blaring American bands. <laughs> like, at the yeah. loudest. Like, how are you being sneaky, guys? Like, if there's a if there's anything... You know that... Sam was leaning out the window with the flashlight about to check, and he was like, Dean, turn that down. He was like, oh, no, shit, I love this song, and he just cranked it. Cranked it that up. was it. <laughs> there was literally no further discussion after that. <laughs> Sam it's has really, learned by now really not funny. to tell yeah. Dean to turn it down. <laughs> He'll just turn it louder if you tell him to turn it down. But, yeah, and uh, so we got our ghost hunters, our intrepid heroes here, um, hiding in the bushes, and they go, oh, it's not cops, just hicks. <laughs> <laughs> really good line there. Uh, they finally get into the house and start setting up all of their equipment. They have way, way nicer EMF detectors than Sam and Dean do, which I thought that was a cool note. And, they, <laughs> yeah. and they're setting up like these infrared, uh, you know, night vision cameras everywhere, which is kind of cool and kind of wiring laptops up and things like that. All this is like, this is all cheesy and it works for me. I, I can imagine if you were a younger fellow and didn't have as fully developed of a mind as I did at this, when this episode came out, that this sure, would sure, be sure. like really, really like interesting. Like the ghost shows, ghost story shows of these era kind of had all of the stuff. So I can see how you would be into this it's, it's nice that you brought yeah, it was that. exactly like lampooning what they <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i don't believe in any of that shit anymore um, but yeah they it was it was done so well it was lampooning it so well that i just i adored it the uh they break out into teams with uh harry and corbett on one side and spruce ed and maggie on the other side and uh as they're exploring who shows up but our friend sammy dean and they do something in this episode that it's it's kind of one of those things of like why haven't we seen this before but since our since we're not following Sam and Dean with a camera or anything we're following these ghost facers Sam and Dean are just cursing up a storm they're like who the fuck are you it's and I've, obviously it's beeped so out <laughs> but it's so good yeah. because why don't they cuss all the time they're like they're dudes in flannel that listen to like heavy metal music and and rock and roll and they drive an Impala like they should be using terrible language all yeah. the time and they use like bitch it's really incorrectly it's but, really good yeah. When Sam and Dean come in and they're, they're pretending to be cops, Ed immediately is like, no, 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 I, I know you from somewhere. And Dean's like, yeah, nice try. Let's see some ID. He's, he's still playing the cop role. And Sam, I think it's Sam who just goes, oh, shit. And then that's when they start beeping shit out. He's like, oh, shit, these are those dudes from wherever, from Dallas or someplace yeah, in Texas. Yeah, down remember. from Texas with um, the Tulpa. And, and, and Dean is like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, so they just good. start going for it. It's, I always just loved seeing Sam and Dean through that lens. That's one of my – I've said it before. I like when we get to see – Sam and Dean through the eyes of somebody else mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because we always get to see them as like the mopey kind of heroes that they are. And mopey is not the right word, but well, for Sam, it well, is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, we see them with all of their flaws and we love them for it. But then when you just get to see them as like badass action heroes that they seem to other people, well, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily seem that way to uh, the ghost hunters here. Uh, but I, I just, I love it. It's, it's so funny. Um, at some point, uh, Ed calls Dean chisel chest. Yep. Love that. Chisel just, chest like, is the good. Best nerd insult ever. Chisel chest makes me like if I had a 10% chance of somebody calling me a chisel chest, I would probably go to the gym 10% more in my life. Just, just you know what I'm saying? Just an extra like six minutes every yeah. day. Um, Listen here, chisel chest. <laughs> 
On the other side of the house, uh, Ed and Maggie and Spruce run into a weird ghost, which looks like a mob guy that's getting shot. And uh, they very quickly realize that, oh, hey, like, Harry has done absolutely no research. Plenty of people have tried to stay the night at this house, and all of them have died. Sam whips out a folder and just starts laying out like person after person after person is dead. And I, I love that the ghost facers are so bad at this and also so good at this, but they're so bad at it that they just did no research whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, because it's all just a big like ghost story to them. It's not nothing real ever happens, even though Ed and Harry have seen real shit before. Yeah, it's it's it's. Man, this is just so fucking good. I love this so much. And of course, like they, they talk about this uh, thing that they saw. Sam calls it a death echo. And they're trying to have like this conversation off to the side. And Spruce just keeps yelling, what's a death echo? Like from the other <laughs> side of the room, which is really good. And of course, they realize, hey, Corbett's gone. Where did Corbett go, everybody? Yeah. And right before then, they were basically saying like, all right, there's other people here. We're not going to try and hunt this thing tonight. Because they know that they can only do it once every four years. It's kind of like a legend amongst... Uh, hunters as much mm-hmm. as it is amongst, amongst ghost hunters but they're like okay there's all these people here we can't we can't do this hunt we're just gonna have to leave it let's just get everybody out of here and that's when they realize oh shit we can't get out of here despite their their protesting to to ed um because corbett is missing so, and i want to bring up right here too that uh most of the filming from this episode isn't done with like our standard like you know very smooth action cameras like most of our most of the of the camera work so far has been with these handheld cameras they wired uh corbett up with a camera that looks at his face the entire time with a light on it so like we're recording via like this very uh i guess blair witch style like it's probably the best easiest way like with this kind of free motion and like we get a lot of that right now when they realize that corbett's gone like people running around and you know people streaking in and out of the frame and things like that and all this is like kind of serves to really work for the episode. Like again, seeing Dean and Sam through other people's eyes, is always a lot of fun. And this just really solidifies that. Uh, unfortunately, the whatever is in the house has put them on a soup quote, supernatural lockdown. <laughs> so they can't yeah. leave the house. The ghost of the house has locked everybody inside. At some point, uh, when, when they're realizing that they're locked in, Sam picks up a chair like it's a fucking rag doll and smashes it against the wall. And that's one of the other scenes that I liked. I was like, holy shit, that guy is huge. D- Sam is such a the- big dude. How, like, you if just you don't see mind me asking, filmed with each other. How, how tall are you in, in, in the real I'm world? I'm six feet. I'm You're six, six foot feet even. Okay, world. so I'm six foot two. Yeah. And I very much want to get a picture next to uh, Jared Padalecki one day, just so I can like do that like look up with innocent eyes expression. Because <laughs> I don't ever meet people that are that much taller than me in real life. Like it just hardly I, ever. I think happens. he's like six five or something like that. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. <clears throat> anyway. So yeah, uh, this monster just picks up a chair and smashes it against the wall like it's nothing, and that's when we're like shit is starting to go off. Like they're like we're we're fucking stuck in here. So now we have to try and hunt this thing and save all of these people. And we know that the boys aren't very good at doing both things. Yeah, no, not at all. They're d- despite their family motto, they're they're not very good at it. Um, <laughs> it'd be like if the Lannister only repaid their debts like a quarter of the time. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? the Lannisters, <laughs> Lannisters pay their debts. Pay Can their you? Debts. Uh, can you do that now? No, no, no. Lannisters will also pay their debts next Tuesday. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the Lannisters have paid their debts with a check in the mail. We'll get it there next week. Yeah, it's you, it is in the mail. Thank you. Very another much. Uh, another Deca, Death Echo shows up, and this time Dean tries to talk to it to try to figure out what's going on, but it gets like hit by a weird train. That's when they start exploring uh, the basement and finding like all of this crazy, or not maybe not the basement, but the other part of the house. Uh, and they number one, they name the guy that owned the house, which is Freeman Daggett, which is a dumb name, uh, okay. and then. That's that's a made up horror movie name. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They find like a ton of uh, military MREs, like the little military uh, lunch things, and like other kind of weird nuclear Holocaust survival stuff. And, um, but he also worked for the morgue and brought home bodies to quote unquote, as Dean says, play with. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. everybody uh. is super gross about out about this, which I think is really great. Because it's super gross to find out that this dude was doing something with these bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of their explanation for the death echoes. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, nobody got hit by a train in this house. Like, why would that ghost be here? And there was no um, 40s mobster that got shot to death, like, in the in this house yeah. either. So It was just bodies that were taken, and those bodies happened to die those ways. Um, yeah, super creepy shit. Yeah, this is... This is- bad and I, I like the idea of this right like i like the idea of these ghosts being not necessarily vengeful spirits but kind of vengeful spirits that are just tied to wherever they happen to have the most trauma inflicted on them whether it was getting shot yeah. to death or having their dead body played with by a dude named freeman daggett <laughs> like <laughs> oh, oh 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 my oh my dude you got daggeted oh, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you got daggeted my bad. it's so it's terrible <laughs> um Maggie disappears in one of those things that horror movies does, like trying to thin out the herd, but it then immediately gets discovered by Dean. So I'm not, I guess they just had to fill a couple of minutes there. Uh, yeah. But something like the lights go out and something kind of weird happens and then Sam disappears, which of course Dean is freaking out about. And again, we're not seeing these through normal cameras. This is all told from the perspective of people holding cameras around them, which I think is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So Harry and Maggie kind of break off and they start making out a little bit, uh, kind of heavy. Yeah, and it's going to be a little makeout session. Ed sees them and it look and has like this weird like you're making out with my sister kind of moment and then Dean finds them who doesn't care about this at all he's just like what the fuck are you guys doing we have to find I think he's even yelling Sammy in the background yeah. Sammy he's always yelling Sammy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he's not uh, with Sam he's probably he's, he's yelling, yelling about Sam yeah. Uh, this is where they decide to go in the basement. And when, and when Dean goes into the basement, the door slams and kind of separates him from the ghost facers. He tells the ghost facers, Hey, uh, go to my, I I got some, I got some salt inside my duffel, uh, make a circle and get inside. And there's like a, like 10 second pause of Ed and Harry looking at each other inside the duffel bag. And he's like, go inside the salt. Idiots. (laughs) It's one of the best lines of the episode. Out of an episode full of great lines. Uh, at some point, I guess I didn't mention it. At some point, like Spruce disappears too. Like, is he just off by himself? I kind of forget what happens. No, he's, to him. he's following Dean with the camera. Oh, is that what it's ha- okay? Cool. Um, yeah. I kind of and that he down was in the there. basement, we have um, we have Sam. Sam wakes up and mm-hmm. he is tied to a table with like a birthday hat on his head. It looks like a looks like a birthday party. Uh, Corbett is also there. He's tied up. He's unconscious. His camera is still running, and that's how we're able to see Sam. Uh, but just the over and over and over that creepy song, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to mm-hmm. plays over and over and over. And it's honestly, I always thought this was really effective at being really, really unsettling despite how great this is, is as a comedy episode. That shit just creeps me out. Oh yeah. Like here's a dude that's bringing home bodies from the morgue in order to create these grisly birthday parties. And he immediately just stabs Corbett through the throat and let Corbett bleed out. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for Sam, this is not the last time in this episode of Monster of the Week that he'll be strapped to a chair and forced to watch somebody die. <laughs> so yeah, like, not every, a good time. Every time we rag on uh, 
Sam for being a little bit maudlin or getting a little too emotional, we need to remember how many people he's seen die as he's been strapped to a chair. Like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> we need to remember that he just spent six months hunting down, watching Trickster. his watching it in a hundred days before that, watching his brother die over and over yeah. and over again. Up until these episodes, he's never really had an excuse besides, you know, his girlfriend dying from being lit on fire on the roof and his mom dying the same way. But anyway, uh, I kind of forgot where we were at. Oh, yeah. So Ed and Harry and Maggie are all trapped in that trapped, but they have poured this circle of salt around themselves and they see like this ghost presence, uh, this de- another death echo show up. Meanwhile, Dean kind of finds a secret door and finds like this, uh, this party, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, with all That's of these, what, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and save Sam, but like there's all of these weird, like creepy dead bodies just hanging all over the place. It's super fucking gross. Oh yeah. The, the disaster. The, this is what happened. I'm sorry. The, uh, when Ed and Harry and Maggie feel the presence after Dean saves Sam, we go back and that presence is actually Corbett because he's now dead. Mm-hmm. So Harry's bright mm-hmm. idea is to go and like, step over the salt line and go have a conversation with the dude. Yeah. He, cause they, they can't reach him. They want to get him out of his death echo because he's still, he's dead, but he's still their friend and they don't want him to be trapped in this house forever. Um, but they can't get through to him. And that's when Harry reveals to head. He's like, um, you just need to know that. But Corbett had a crush on you. Yeah. And Corbett was into you. You're the, you're the only one who can get through to him. And, um, this, I, I really actually like this scene. Uh, while Harry is walking over to Corbett, Ed actually ha- says something like, go be gay for to for that poor dead intern, which is a regrettable, like, I, I think that's kind of dumb. But when <laughs> Harry actually gets up to talk to Corbett and, like, starts confessing these, not confessing these feelings, but saying, like, I really, really liked you, too. I thought you were a great member of the team. Like, they got actually kind of, not emotional, but I think it's very touching. Like, the, the actor that plays Harry actually sells this, and it feels like a genuine bonding moment. And I wish it yeah. wasn't. Uh, preceded by the awful gay joke, <laughs> not awful, yeah. like just like, but the go be gay, like the flip it go be gay, I think is pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. But still, mm-hmm. you know, this was 2008 and feminism hadn't existed yet, so we didn't we didn't know. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> to steal your um, line, but he he just totally he doesn't care, like, um, because back then, you know, gay jokes were a dime a dozen, and it's like it, the culture almost hadn't shifted yet. Like, to be totally honest, like it, the culture hadn't. Mainstream culture hadn't shifted yet, so I guess if you take it in context, it's like really nice <laughs> to to see uh, Ed doing what he's doing here. It's Ed, right? Which one is which? Uh, Harry is the guy that Corbett was into. Ed is the guy that Maggie is into. Ed is like the shorter guy. Harry is the guy with the beard. I guess is the easy way to remember that. I'm googling it. Yeah, yeah. I just I, oh, maybe maybe I got him reversed. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's the other way around. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, well, remember it the opposite way then. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um. So they talk to Corbett, or Harry talk, or excuse me, Ed talks to Corbett, right? Yes. 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 And uh, I, I kind of got lost at this point. Does Corbett just go kill the ghost for everybody? Is that what happens? Um. Yeah, we'll say that's what happens because I honestly don't really remember. I don't know what happens to the ghost. I mean, Do, Corbett, and I'm reading the Wikipedia right now, but like Corbett just goes and kills Daggett. Like, that's it. Yeah, I <laughs> like, guess that's... Corbett guess is that's now it. a ghost. He's a death echo, but he's a big enough ghost to go kill the main ghost. And that's it. Everybody leaves the next morning. Yeah. Roll, roll credits. Um, yeah. So a couple of different things happen in our, in our epilogue sequence, which I very, very much love. Uh, 
First off, Sam and Dean give the ghost facers their number, which I think is kind of a cool like bonding moment. Like if you're if you're yeah. Ed and Harry at this point, you're like, oh shit, yeah. We got some. Yeah, got the, Mulder we, and Scully just, just gave us their number. Yeah, it'd be like Mulder and Scully giving Chris and Jeremy their number and being like, call us yeah. if you run into anything. And we're like, fucking hey, we will. What are you doing Saturday night? <laughs> you guys want to go get sushi? <laughs> we'd be a little it's intense. Like about when, it. It, it is kind of like in, in the X Files when, when Mulder turns to this conspiracy nuts, the uh, the lone gunman. It's like mm-hmm. that's this is the lone gunman to Sam and Dean, except they only show up in like two more episodes. But Yeah. Um, and then we get a, a kind of a closing epilogue from Ed and Harry back in their tuxedos, pitching this to executives. There's another kind of egregious gay joke that I just want to point out because like supernatural writers, like eventually they will figure this shit out <clears throat> that they shouldn't make these kind of jokes. But right, right here, like it still exists, unfortunately. Oh, about how like gay love can pierce the veil and save the day or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's just some, it's just so stupid. <laughs> like you don't need to call it gay love. It's just love. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we, they kind of, at that point, the credits roll, and then we get this zoom out thing, and we realize that this whole thing has been a tape that Ed and Harry have produced and are showing Sam and Dean and the rest of the crew. And I think at the end, it even says, like, rest in peace, Corbett, or something. But they're all, like, drinking beers yeah. and, like, watching the episode, right? Yeah, it's like, this, some, Sam says something about, like, how oh, it's funny how you're able to honor your friend while also like grossly exploiting his memory or something or <laughs> yeah. grossly exploiting his death or something. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. I think Dean even says like, it's not, you know, it's, it's halfway awesome. And Maggie's like, that means it's yeah. good. Like that means it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like they were, I'm kind of at the time I was like, man, Sam and Dean are being super fucking cool about this whole thing. Considering it has like their names, they're supposed to be dead. Number one, but it has their, yeah. their names, <laughs> their faces, their occupation. Like this is, this is kind of like a, a like it's to be used against them in a court of law at some point. And uh, yeah. at it, some point, I think Dean talks about how he's going to hell. I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing. Oh, well, there's a great line that we didn't really cover where he says something about only having two more months. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's it's either Ed or Harry that's like, what do you mean you only have two more months? He's like, well, you know, it's this whole long. He's like, never mind. I'm not going to try to talk about my bullshit problems on this bullshit show. I'm just going to go do my fucking job. And then Ed is <laughs> like, is it cancer? And <laughs> Dean's like, shut up. <laughs> Which yeah. is really good. It's uh, stuff we, don't, we wouldn't otherwise ever get to see. But Sam and Dean leave this like shitty garage thing, and uh, I, I, at the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I can't believe they're letting him keep this tape. And of course, they don't. They have left a EMP bomb that Sam has engineered from a fucking trash can. Or how did they build an EMP? Well, he he went to law school, so he knows everything. Oh, this is something they taught at Stanford. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Good. 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 It was a, it was an elective he took. It's an elective. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Sam knows, he either learned from John or he learned as an elective. Yeah, or maybe both. Who knows? Uh, but the maybe EMP cool. bomb explodes, and you know, of course, wipes out all the electronic equipment, including the tape. And Sam and Dean ride off into the sunset. Yeah, they wait till they hear like the the cries of unrest from <laughs> yeah. indoors, and then they they peel away. <laughs> Really, uh, overall, it's a, a superb episode. Like the the monster yeah. of the week is okay. Uh, I, I like the idea of it. Like the execution. There's a couple of creepy scenes, like you mentioned, with the it's my party scene. Uh, but overall, mm-hmm. it's it's mostly you're just there for to see Sam and Dean in a different from a different angle, from a different perspective. The the fact that they could put the show together in a completely different way than we have come to expect it was really exciting to me. I was like, man, like I, I wonder if they could do this like a couple of times a year, like do something weird and crazy like this and mix up the yeah. formula. And and they still kind of do that. Like every every season, we generally get at least one or two of these weird episodes, so that's nice. Yeah, it uh, it set a precedent for that certainly, but um, 
it's I guess you could say this episode is totally skippable just because it does not have a single important thing in it. Yeah, we don't get any kind of meta plot. I'm like it's weird to think of a of a skippable supernaturalist because do you just want to skip the bad episodes? Do you just want to skip the the episodes that don't have anything to do with the meta plot? Because like this I wouldn't really classify as skippable. I think everybody should watch this because it's great supernatural. Like this is what yeah. this is the reason you love supernatural so much. Yes, but if you didn't if you missed this episode that week and you and you caught the episode the next week, um you would not be confused at all. Sure. You would you would yeah. if nobody if somebody told you that that, you know, this episode didn't exist, you know, if you just had went, okay, here's the next one and you just skipped right past this, you you would be none the wiser. Hardly any of this is going to show up in our road so far scenes, except for like, you know, them kicking ass at, at, for two seconds. Like that's, you're never going to see yeah. any kind of plot points move from, from this thing. So, uh, but it's still entirely enjoyable and it, it's a shame to, to skip this one. Agreed. Our next episode is Long Distance Call, written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Robert Singer. Air date is April 1st, 2008. Um, we're only getting about one episode per month of Supernatural now. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, we're, we're str- they're stretching out oh, these wow. episodes. <laughs> Our, uh, yeah, I hadn't realized the air date. Holy shit, we have one at... Okay, so starting from this... Okay, at the end of February, and then they skipped all of March and went to the end of April for Ghost Facers, mm-hmm. and then the end of May or long distance call holy crap yeah they were really like i I don't think they had any idea what they were going to be able to do with this season so it was a little weird i did not realize they were aired so far apart that is really strange maybe they were just hoping for the strike to end so they could get more episodes in but then they ended up having to pad it out Mm -hmm. uh the episode description is dean gets a mysterious phone call that appears to be from his dad explaining how to get out of the the demon deal he decides to follow the dev- advice despite it's fucking stupid. Excuse me. Follow the advice despite the <laughs> fact that Sam doesn't believe it was really John on the line. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's not John on the fucking line. This- yeah. Hey, Dean. Yeah. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Yeah, this is John. Yeah, I'm in hell. Yeah, I'm definitely no, in no, hell. No, no, no. Yeah, we got phones down here yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can wait. Cricket Wireless. Okay, so $50 anyways, a month. Unlimited data. That's what I got. <laughs> Come on, that. Dean. This is some this is some Sam bullshit, right? This here. is some total it's- Sam bullshit. Uh, I, overall, I kind of dig this episode. I think it's genuinely creepy. Yeah, yeah. I think um, let, works let's go really well and, as like a horror movie. Let's go ahead and explain like the the general premise of the show is that there is a a ghost. Some there's some some theme calling people, pretending to be a dead spouse, and convincing them to commit suicide. Like it's fucking yeah. grisly. Like this is bad yeah. shit. Uh, it's and at first, just, it's like this. The first in the cold open, it's a guy who's getting a call from who turns out to be like an ex girlfriend or or ex wife or something or mm-hmm. not ex because they died. So it's you know it's an ex lover who who passed away. Um, and so at first, it seems like he's having like a um, like an affair or something. He's getting these midnight calls, and, but it's also driving him crazy. You know, he did something wrong because uh, he kills himself in the cold open. But later on in the episode, obviously, we see Dean getting calls from his dad. And we see like a young girl getting calls from her dead mother, and then her younger brother getting calls from their dead mm-hmm. mother, and it's it gets even like creepier and um, more dangerous because children are, are a lot more willing to succumb to that kind of thing. I think. Yeah, and, and overall, it's just it's just kind of a horrifying idea, right? Like imagining like mm-hmm. your loved one that has passed away 
calling you on the phone and then convincing you to like in the little girl's case, like go to your uh, father's cabinet and eat all of the sleeping pills in there. Cause I want you, I want you to come talk to me. I want to, I want to see you. Yeah. Uh, which is and like the guilt trip that they're pulling on them. Being oh, like, oh, you don't man. want to be with me. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's you're that's, causing me so much pain. Like come join me, please. And it's like, Oh my God. It's a, yeah, it's a dark concept for sure. It's a, it's, it's just a dark, it's a dark episode, but unfortunately what's going to happen at the end is it all revolves around this dumbass monster. <laughs> <laughs> that is just not cool at all. Um, we're going to kind of skim through this one. I don't think that there's a lot here. There's no meta plot really whatsoever um, outside of the just, just John. Some Dean yeah, feelings. just some Dean That's, stuff. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into those in a minute. But really, it just focuses around Sam and Dean trying to track down uh, basically who's making these phone calls and trying to figure it out. Because the one through line in all this is that we have the same thing, the same uh, number on the caller ID, which is SHA thirty three. Which does that mean anything? I meant to go look at the at the wiki. Does that is that any yeah, kind of? It, um... It's it means shack, but it's just spelled wrong because there's no Q. <laughs> Motherfucker! For just a minute, for just a minute, you had me. I was like, it we sh- like S H A. Oh, okay, okay. Is that, okay. Sh- that Shaq calling? Is that Shaq calling? Um, like Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. It's him. He's calling. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I'm looking through the uh, the Wikipedia real quick and just trying to see. And there doesn't really seem like there's anything. It's just an old phone number, and this phone number has not been in use for hundreds of years. So they go to the telephone company to try to track it down, which is where we get our second uh, our second entrance in- instance of bustyasianbeauties.com showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, Dean confirms that he is a platinum member. <laughs> so, yeah, and that it is totally worth it. I've uh I don't think that I've ever been a subscriber to a porn site before, so I don't know like the various degrees of memberships. Like I'm assuming a platinum member gets you everything. Like I don't know how this shit works. Well, You're Dean young. Has you pay for porn. No, Tell me about it. No, no. young people <laughs> don't pay for anything, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> Fucking millennials. Dean, <laughs> Dean, um, he has no idea that there is. You could even get it for free. He, it's not. <laughs> That never entered his mind because he's he's working off the days of VHS tapes and magazines, you know. <laughs> um, but they they do track down this like nerd basically that works for the the telephone department, and he he realizes like he can't track where the number is coming from, but he realizes where it's going. Like this number has been calling everybody. Like there's ten or fifteen houses on this list, one of which yeah. leads Sam to the teenage girl whose mom has been calling her. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile. This plot with Dean unfolds where Dean just gets a phone call. First, he talks to an older, an 84-year-old grandmother who's been having phone sex with her husband, which yeah. when we find out that it's the, later on that it's the monster who's mimicking their their dead relatives, that gets really creepy. So keep that in mind when we yeah. like have the fight. Sam has this fight with the whatever the fuck they call it. Um, but Dean gets a call from John, and this actually is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's voice. He's credited at the beginning of the episode and saying like, hey – it's your dad, you know, I can't, I can't believe you sold your soul. I can't believe you did that, but I can get you out. Like the, the demon that, that holds the deal is in town and I can tell you where he is, <laughs> which, yeah. Uh, I, Chris, come on, guys. Chris, Dean, 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 this please. is not Dean, a, please, Dean, Dean, please. please, Dean, please. What are you actually? I think we just Dean, found please. the episode title. Dean, please, <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Dean, please. <laughs> I just I don't, don't understand like this that. at all. Like he leans all the way into this and is like, maybe it's true, Sam. 
And Sam's like, well, I'm going to go stake out this other girl that's getting the phone call to try to protect her. And he's like, you're just going to leave me here to come fight this Dean? Dad gave me a, an exorcism spell, and you're just going to leave me? Like, and I'm like, Dean, what the fuck is yeah. your problem? Like, You've already and seen people yeah, get Sam's fake like, phone calls. Sam's like, this sounds like some dumbass shit I would do. What are you doing, Dean? Dean, please! <laughs> Dean, please! Dean, please! <laughs> it's so <laughs> What are you ridiculous. doing, Dean, please! I just the the entire episode up until like the very end is just some of the most like it's just Dean acting like a dumbass in service of the narrative. Like he has to act like a dumbass for this this episode to work, I think. And and yeah. we'll get there and we'll we'll talk about his kind of come to Jesus moment with this, uh or I guess come to Dean moment with this. But uh in the meantime, like they, they kind of go through a bunch of stuff and figure out, oh, it's it is this trashy nerd guy at the um at the telephone company. Because these things, which Sam has identified as a, uh, can you can you get this name for me? A crocato or something? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a crocodile. Yeah, that um, works. No, I yeah, cro crocata. Crocata. Um, first, we have to talk about them first thinking that it's a uh, it's the ghost of Thomas Edison calling people in his spirit phone. So they have to go to the museum and yes. check that out. <laughs> yes. This show really wanted to be Warehouse 13 before there was a Warehouse 13. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but no, it is a crocata. Yeah, am I saying that? Shack. Am I doing that right? Yeah. Do you uh, do you want to talk about crocatas? I don't have anything interesting on Krakatas because this monster is stupid and I don't like it. It was way <laughs> creepier when it was ghosts calling. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, so this is just a dude that mimics dead people. Um, it, it, it can appear... It's not actually a dude. It's, it's a monster, but it can appear human. And uh, it basically convinces people to commit suicide so that it can feed on like their soul, basically. Yeah. And, it does, and I know it, that... like. There are a lot of urban legends and a lot of um, like myths about this, and I'm not looking anything up. I'm just drawing this from from memory. Like, there's always the urban legends about you know you're home alone and you hear your mom calling you. It's always like young kids. Um, you hear your mom calling you from downstairs, and right when you go down to see what she wants, your mother grabs you from behind and says like That's not me. I can hear that voice too." There's always like the fear of something pretending to be someone you love. Uh, and that's essentially what this is, is this crocata is pretending to be um, someone's loved one to, to steal their soul and lure them into the darkness, lure them into the grave. Um, this kind of thing goes goes back super far, like even mm-hmm. like old folk tales of like, oh, there's, um, you know, you can hear so-and-so calling, I can hear so-and-so calling me from the woods at night and uh, it's going to, you know, lures me out into the darkness and I die, whatever. Um I don't know the specifics of the crocata because it's stupid and I'm not looking it up. But the idea of it is is cool. You know, a monster that that mimics uh, a human voice to to trick you into to your folly into your death. Yeah, and this is good. This has been used in, in a lot of different media and video games and stuff like that. Like uh, until Dawn mm-hmm. does something like this, which I think was really cool. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I did drop a picture of a crocata in there for you in case you want to take out that little dude with the, that little those little pedible ears, huh? Don't you want to get that little guy curled up in the bed with you? Yeah, I'd love to have him um, yeah. call me on the phone, just chat me up, having phone sex with me. Hey, 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 Clark, uh, pretend to be my dead dad for a little while. <laughs> okay. Please. Okay, Dean. <laughs> oh, no, that's Dean, exactly. please. Dean, please. No, not again. <laughs> I'm a crocata, not a miracle worker. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they figure out, Sam figures out it's a crocata. Just tell me uh, you love me in my father's voice. Please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He calls, uh, Sam calls Dean and tells Dean that it's a crocata and to meet him at the telephone company. 
he gets to the telephone company and he confronts this nerdy guy. But unfortunately, it turns out not to be the nerdy guy. It's actually the boss mm-hmm. guy that they had met earlier, which we didn't even bother to talk about because who fuck yeah, cares? Who cares? Uh, Sam again wakes up tied to the chair and uh, I wish I had been keeping track of all of the times that Sam has woken up tied to a chair or really yeah, if we could go brothers. back and get those stats mm-hmm. we would but you know yeah yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna watch the last uh, 80, 84 episodes because we have another 400 to watch in front of us so we're not gonna go back and spend time doing that <laughs> yeah if any of you readers out there have kept have a spreadsheet fetish like I do then go ahead and get at me let me know <laughs> see there's so many things that you don't realize are gonna be a stat until you're already deep in it until you're way deep into it yeah <clears throat> which is why you should just make everything a step that's my belief yeah just assume so uh sam like holds the nerd guy up and is like is gonna stab him through the neck with um a sharp object to kill him because i guess that's the way you kill a, a crocata unfortunately clark the crocata <laughs> clark the crocata uh shows up and uh hits them both with a baseball bat knocks him out they wake up and he just clark just fucking like murders uh the nerd guy in front of sam again sam just yeah, watching so many people die and uh, Sam just like flexing in rope. That's probably somebody's fetish, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, oh yeah. He's just tied up, <laughs> flexing in anger. I, I guarantee you, those gifts have been jerked off to a couple of times of just Sam's <laughs> bolting muscles trying to pull away some cords, which is fine. Like, dude, hey, you, dude, please. It, <laughs> I, I fully, listeners, I fully give you permission to jerk off to anything that you want to. Go after it, guys. Just yeah, go do after what you it. Want. Just maybe don't write dude, it down please. so the children can find it. Dean, please stop masturbating. <laughs> stop, um, dude. <laughs> Uh, and then the crocata like eats this dude's soul. Like his jaw yeah. becomes unhinged. His his mouth becomes full of these sharp like teeth, fang things. Like it's just full of. There's like a hundred of them in his mouth. And I really expected this dude to like nosh down. Right. Like I, I expected blood mm-hmm. to go shooting everywhere. It was just going to be the nastiest, grossest thing. Instead, he kind of does like the Harry Potter Dementor thing and like sucks the soul. Yeah, not out. sure why you need to unhinge your jaw to then like pull magic out of why did you vape a dude's soul why did you evolve teeth if all you do is vape souls (laughs) like what are you what are you doing i don't get it yeah what's the point of vape life if you you have too many teeth to use your vape it's like it's like oh yeah i only vape but i still buy cigarettes like that doesn't make any sense what are you doing that's not good that's not good for anybody you're you're not doing it right one or the other (laughs) you don't need both um we, we, we find out during this scene that the Krakata has imitated Dean's voice <clears throat> and redirected uh, Sam's phone call to him so that he could uh, convince Sam to come to him. Meanwhile, he has told Dean uh, via John Winchester that the demon is going to be at this particular house. So Dean goes and like sets up the de- devil's traps and sets up all kinds of shit. Uh, once the Krokata kills this dude. He gives like this speech to Sam. Who's like, and says stuff like, you know, nobody thinks that their emails and their voicemails stay around, but those things are forever. And I'm like, yo dog, telephone companies do not give a fuck about your emails. I can promise you that. Those are two. <laughs> even in 2008, there was, were totally two different services. Uh, <laughs> and then he does this goofy ass. I'm going to hold my hands up to a bank of wires. And that's how I'm, and like closes his eyes and like, I'm going to make a phone call or, or whatever. Like it's the goofiest he, thing he in the world. He doesn't even talk on the phone. He just does. He just like vapes into the wires and then you never, uh, you never get to come see, out or something. You never get to see this dude do anything. And like all of the creepiness that was set up with the, with the teenage girl and with the guy from the cold open, all of that, like, cause that was genuinely kind of creepy and affecting goes away mm-hmm. entirely. Like none of that shit. Like it just is erased because this dude is so fucking goofy. 
yeah, it's it's kind of a disappointing reveal. But the rest of the episode, you know, at least it plays effectively. And I also it's it's interesting to note that any time that Sam and Dean are on the phone with each other, it shows both Sam and Dean back and forth. It will always pretty much always do that. I can't think of a case mm-hmm. when it doesn't. But in this case, like when they're both being tricked, it only shows the one of them and you only hear the voice of the other, which should have been a clue early on that like, okay, wait, something's going on. If we're not seeing them both talking to each other, that means that they're not both talking to each other. Each other. So this I just episode does do some cool things, but I never would have given the show that much credit at this point. <laughs> like I didn't even catch it this time and I watched it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, so that was a really good catch. Cause I didn't even think about that shit. Uh, but yeah, so Sam, Right before the Crocata uh, goes to kill Sam, Sam has used his uh, muscle ability to break free of the wires. Yeah, he flexes out. He, he, he flexes, he flexes the, the, the restraints off, which, again, definitely somebody's fetish. And uh, the, him and the Crocata fight. Meanwhile, the Crocata has called this dude and mimicked his little girl who is dead. And the little girl tells this dude, like, hey, I, there's, I know where the guy who killed me is. Come to this house. And the, so this dude, like, rolls up to the house that Dean is in and ready to fucking murder somebody. And uh, there's a scene here where, like, the dudes are fighting. And number one, Dean is fucking pissed. Like, this is the demon that's been chasing him. This is the demon that has his deal. He's just fucking pissed. And he kicks the shit out of this dude. Like, beats his ass. Yeah. And then pushes him into a devil's trap. Shows the guy the devil's trap. And then starts doing the exorcism thing. Which, Dean, like, you probably should have a conversation with this dude about your deal before you exercise him back to hell. Where presumably he can still (laughs) get your soul. But anyway. uh, But the dude just, like, steps over the trap. And Dean is just fucking floored he's like wait a minute how'd you do that (laughs) but it's super sad because he's like is this what you did to my daughter like he thinks that this the dean murdered his little girl and like it's horribly sad this 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 man is just crying trying to fight dean and just does not understand any of it and then dean's like oh shit He's able to convince him that he didn't kill his daughter, but it's just like an extra layer of fucking sadness dropped on top of everything else that this episode does. It's it's pretty bad, and uh, eventually they kind of... I think Dean gets the shotgun that the guy brought in and just knocks the dude out and just cold clocks him. Uh, meanwhile, and you, you alluded to this earlier when you said that Sam kind of accidentally kills this, this monster of the week. Um, yeah. Dean kind of has the crocata... They get into like a because the crocata has this giant knife, and they get into kind of a an unarmed fight versus an armed fight, and we you know, get to see Sam do some moves. Basically, uh, yeah. eventually he accidentally he gets him kind of cornered on a wall, and there's a uh, like a like a retail store peg that you would hang an amiibo off of or whatever. Like it's like a peg that would be an on some amiibo. pegboard. What, a, dude? I'm looking at six amiibos on my desk right now. It's the only the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know. What do you want <laughs> that you would hang a fucking garden hose on? I don't know. <laughs> Look, would it make would it make you would it make you happy if you could hang a Red Sox hat on it? If I said that, would that be Red Sox is Boston, right? That's right, Boston Red Sox. Yeah, yes, that's Boston. <laughs> I get all my Sox baseball teams confused. Anyway, uh, there's only two of them. There's the white dude, and the red. I don't know. I don't watch baseball. Fucking baseball's boring, man. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, there's this peg sticking out, and uh, Sam kind of does his. Uh, what is the move that where you shove somebody's nose into it's, their brain that doesn't actually exist? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like that like kung a, yeah, fu it's move. Like a martial arts move. Yeah, you've yeah. seen it in a Steve. If you, have you ever seen a Steven Seagal movie? You've, you've you know the move that I'm talking about. But he does that, and it yeah. shoves this it shoves this guy's head into the this rod um, that previously held amiibos, and it kills the crocata. So that's that's dealt with. <laughs> yeah, they're fighting inside of a target. <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> 
why does like this target store not, why does this telephone company it room have these hooks it's a very good question why is this why yeah, are they selling amiibos in this telephone yeah. it room <laughs> it's got they got all the rare amiibos too so sam was sam was distracted at first that's how he got caught so i'm saying got that 8-bit mario what's up anyway yeah, like, they got 8-bit they got marth and 8-bit mario holy shit <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Alright. How'd they get those Breath of the Wild amiibos? That shit's been sold out since January. <laughs> I've been trying to get my mitts on those all month. <laughs> what the hell, man? Dean says, you didn't bring me one? What the hell? Dean, please! Dean, please! I was trying to kill Kukrata. Dean. <laughs> Dean. Please. Uh, Alright, so I think, you know, he kills the Krokata and... Um, yep. And then they, they, they meet back they go up. go back to the at, hotel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is kind of... This is where we get our... our delicious uh dean dean morsels um mm. where dean kind of just is like yo i know that this was really ridiculous i i know that there's no way that dad could have been doing this and that you were totally right sam because the boys fight a lot too mm-hmm. uh, sam is like hey don't do this this is stupid and dean is like i'm not going to listen to you um but it is really speaking to the desperation that that Dean has kind of come to where like, especially since in every other situation in Dean's life, he, he kind of always had his dad to come and save him. Even when it, you know, his dad sold his soul for him at the beginning of season two, his dad mm-hmm. came out of hell at the end of season two uh, mm-hmm. and, and held down yellow eyes so that they could put a bullet in him. Like his dad has always been there to, to pick him up when he's down. And this time is, there's nobody there despite Sam trying super hard. You know, Sam's not John. Sam's not the savior that, that John always was in Dean's eyes. So, it's really like hearing hearing John's voice on the phone really played into what Dean already subconsciously, I think, wanted, which was, of course, for not only to be saved, but for it to be John that saves him, just like just like old times, really. Um, and he has to he has to kind of acknowledge like there's no there's no way out of this unless I find a way out myself, because that is the silver lining at the end of this is like, you know, dad's not going to come to save me. But I can save myself. You know, I have to do... I'm the only one who can do this. And this is... I actually... This moment at the end is, is great. Uh, he's like, you know, it's only me. And then Sam just goes, and me. And Dean's like, Re- what? Really? I just gave this big heartfelt speech and all you're going to say is, and me? Or me too? Whatever the hell he says. Um, and he's like, what? You want to read you a poem? And he's like, no, the, the moment's gone. Forget it. Um, and it's one of the... Uh, I think they've they've learned to move away from some of the super overwrought moments in this season. I think that they you know they knew that it's going to be an emotional season, of course, because like mm-hmm. one of the brothers is like getting ready to die. Um, but I think they do a pretty good job of of staying away from too too much melodrama. Of course, it's there, um, but they'll often break the tension with a joke, with a beer, with a "Hey, come look at my car," you know, rather than us lament the fact that I'm going to die. Um, and there's a, there's a scene coming up towards the end of the season where I think the brothers sing together, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, um, and there's, there's all eyes a, on me from the seminal album, uh, from, from Tupac. That's what they, they, they kind of rap together at the end of the season. That's it's, it's devastatingly good. Um, <laughs> they're amazing rappers and also they're, wonderful Tupac impressionists who knew. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really good. You'll yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really the the biggest takeaway from the episode is this sort of revelation where Dean really wants to save himself, but the t- the, the the clock is ticking, and they're kind of running out of options here. 
I do I do really enjoy uh, Dean's kind of. Um, I'm trying to remember, think of the word that I'm, I'm I'm looking for here. Like the way that he kind of uh, deflects this entire conversation that he's he's brought mm-hmm. up. Like when Sam says, uh, like he goes through his old spiel, uh, I can't expect dad to save me. I have to be able to save myself. Sam leans over with a really, really earnest, and me. And Dean just looks at him <laughs> as like, that's all you got? <laughs> like really? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm giving you my yeah. heart and soul here, and it's, you know, and me. And Sam says something like, well, did you want a poem? And Dean's like, moment's gone. Never mind. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Which is just a really, like, that's a Dean way of, hey, I've, I've, I'm uncomfortable in my emotions. I'm, I'm kind of scared that I put all this out there. I'm not used to talking about this stuff. So, like, this is a really good way to just relieve all of the tension, to take all of the tension out of this, and to get me back to where I'm more comfortable, which is drinking a beer with my brother and watching shitty TV. Uh, yeah. which is what they do. Like they, he has a six pack sitting beside him, but apparently it just opens up a beer, which is great. Yeah. Um, I, I, and this, this is, episode this is, is more realistic. Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is like not Sam, like tying himself in knots. It's obviously Dean kind of tying himself in knots, but it also Dean has a reason to do so. Like, like this is, he's, mm-hmm. he's even at the end of his life that he's, he's looking down, you know, only a couple months left. It was, as we learned in the Ghostbusters episode, he's still learning about himself a little bit and realizing like, I've always relied upon my dad to save me. Even when I didn't think that I needed him, I was always relying on him. And now mm-hmm. here I am at the end of my life, realizing that I can't and I I have to do this myself if I can do it at all, and I may not be able to. It's 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 really it's, it's really powerful. To say, yeah, and it's weird to say about a guy who's like almost thirty at this point in the show, but he's like growing up in a way. Like you're always maturing, and you're always like you know reaching the next step of your life. And this is in a lot of ways Dean really kind of accepting like becoming like the man that that he is you know or that he's always been but re- like you said he's realizing who he is and realizing you know I've always relied on my dad that's always been my crutch and now I can't do that anymore even mm-hmm. though it's been you know however long over a year probably since John died it's still something that in the back of his mind he was always relying on and I think it's a nice little like touch to the character that they're not going to address too much from here on out but it's it's still it adds color it adds it adds more depth to Dean I think it's it's really good and it actually so we started with a like kind of a, a genuinely spooky episode the the monster of the week really took the wind out of my sails on that one like it was just really it kind of deflated the whole episode and then when they end with yeah. this note which is extremely strong like this this really works for me it really made me want to watch the next two episodes and i was like fuck i gotta go record this podcast so let's go record the podcast and then maybe i can watch the next two episodes um but man like i'm just i'm just i'm just super stoked about the rest of the season which chris i don't know if you know this we only have two episodes of this season left. <laughs> yeah, I that's I was just thinking about that a minute ago. Like that's that's really hard to believe that season three is just gone in Over. a flash. Yeah, uh, which doesn't even it doesn't make sense because it's I mean sure it's a lot shorter than the other seasons, but still it feels like I think it's just because so much happens so quickly that if it, it goes by even faster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agreed, and it's. It is, and it's obviously like it's not that much shorter. <laughs> like it's only like five episodes shorter. Yeah, than it really is. It really isn't. Six episodes. Like this is this will be. Uh, there's 16 in the season. There's usually 22 per per supernatural season. So, like that's not. I mean, that's only two episodes of Monster of the Week of this show. So like that's not that doesn't mm-hmm. seem very significant. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it just it's surprising how quick it's it's going to come to us. And so I'm uh I'm, I'm very excited about it. You got anything you want to say to to wrap us up before we get into the admin? I think that uh, these are pretty solid episodes. This last one, like you said, the the reveal of the monster is not that not that great, but um, it's a fun episode nonetheless, and uh, not fun, but it's a good episode. There's there's some good stuff going on in it. 
And uh, yeah, solid, a solid group, especially uh, Justin Bellow, followed up by Justin, Ghostface. Justin like, Bellow, yes, yes. Justin mm-hmm. Bellow, good friend of the show, Justin mm-hmm. Bellow. Um, that's that's a solid, solid twofer right there. Yeah. Ghostfacers alone, I think, would make this group if uh, if Jubelo uh, wasn't wasn't in here as well. Um, and man, I'm 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 very excited for the for the rest of the season. Um, if you guys out there listening are very excited, you can go check out the schedule that we have up, where we, we're going to post every year or not every year, excuse me, every season when we get in a new season, which episodes we're covering, which episodes of the show we're covering on episodes of the podcast, and the days that those are going to come out. So if you're watching along with the show and you want to take this kind of leisurely place pace like we are and not binge through eight seasons i'm looking at you z chocobo on twitter who's already on season 12 or something um oh God. you can you can keep up with, with keep up with us at monster of the week cool slash schedule uh we're also as we mentioned at the end of season three that means we have a feedback episode coming right up so if you want to send in your questions go to monster of the cool slash contact you can hit us up on twitter via dm leave a comment on facebook I don't know how Instagram works, but you can do something. You send us a picture on Instagram of your question. I don't, Chris. You you have like eighteen thousand followers on on Instagram. Can you tell me how this works? Yeah, um, you just ignore everybody. Okay, cool. So uh, don't do anything <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> and uh, maybe look up at our Tumblr. Hey, I follow if you, especially all the people out there who have supernatural uh, uh, Instagrams. I always follow those back. Oh, do you really? Yeah, because I'm engaging with the community. Just because we're like 20 years older than them doesn't mean we can't hang out, Jeremy. Well, I mean, I just I do the same thing on <laughs> Tumblr, or I try to, but we literally don't have any followers on Tumblr outside of people that we actually know. Like, I, I use my personal Tumblr to follow. Uh, you followed it, and I think that's basically it besides friends, some friends of the show that we've already mentioned. So, I don't... The teens don't want anything to do with this, Jeremy, and you know what? I think that's a good thing. Yeah, like, who is Lumberjack Dracula? I don't know that person. I don't know. That's a great name, though. <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to Lumberjack Dracula. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have a few minutes, go yeah, leave an iTunes guys. review. If you want to talk to us on Please. Twitter, I'm at JG Greer. Chris is... Please. <laughs> I'm at please. Local Bones on Twitter. He, he's at please Local Bones. <laughs> at please. <laughs> at please. You actually have to spell Dean. that completely correctly. Detain please. <laughs> Dean, please. Let's uh let's end the show before we drive out all of our other uh <sighs> listeners. See you guys next week with the end of season three. Good night. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Really? That's all you got? Hey, bro, uh, quick question. Can you hear me, bro? I-, I can hear you, bro. What's up, bro? Oh, not much, bro. Um, I'm just chilling. How are you, bro? I'm good. Chilling. Chilling, chilling, chilling. 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 Oh, chilling, bro. Oh, chilling. For for sure. No, no sweat there, bro. Bro, I'm chilling. I don't know. I went to my friend's house a couple weeks ago to help him um, like reorganize all of his shit because he's a mess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. For some reason, I just at one point just started saying "bro" after like every sentence, and then spoke spoken in, in, in like a California accent. I don't know what I was doing for like a solid two and a half hours, like without being able to stop. <laughs> and your friend, well, I guess you were, you know, helping him. Well, so for a while, just... that's why he was like, yeah, he like was just kind of confused, and then kind of had to just deal with it. His reaction was like just one of defeat and not he didn't think it was funny he didn't even think it was annoying he was just like i don't know why you're doing that i don't really want to acknowledge it (laughs) 
Let's Google what just in bello means. I think it means laws of war or something. Um, well, je is kind of like a gravy, but it's it's in between gravy and blood, as Homer Simpson would say. So, and bello means, oh, means good. So it's good good gravy is what that means. Yes, good gravy. It means mm-hmm. law of war. Yeah. Yeah, good gravy. Like I said, I don't know why we had to look that up. I feel no. I, I feel like we're saying the same thing. It's basically. I mean, that's. I mean, you know, we're, neither one of us are politicians, <laughs> but that's what we're going to go with. I don't know. Like I just, I got other, I got other shit I got to do. <laughs> I, got, I got, I got more important things going on in my life than hearing about little girls getting cut up, Chris. That's that's all I'm saying. Fair enough, Jeremy. <laughs> Calling him a lot lizard, that's not a good place. That's to not start. a good way to go. Yeah, yeah. No 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 way. But it is it is very funny to me. <laughs> and I wish that it wasn't, but <laughs> like you could be describing anything. Yeah, it's and call like, it a lot lizard, and that's funny. I like how we call things just lizards. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like that's a description. Yeah. Like it could be just any noun lizard. You could be a bedroom lizard, you could be a concrete yeah. lizard, you could be a I don't know, mm-hmm. like a snow lizard. That's probably a thing. Uh, I'm a horse lizard. A horse lizard. <laughs> <laughs> am I gonna have to? Am I gonna have to put that tweet in the show notes so we can talk, so we can talk about it? Because uh, man, that that shorthand. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up as we speak. It's so fucking good. What's your What's your favorite? Describe this for the listeners out there because we'll probably put this in the in the outtakes because I, w- I want to hear about this. So, so Jeremy, just I. You accidentally you had a had a typo and it said horse texting instead of whatever you were supposed to say. Horse racing. Thank um, you, iOS, for being a piece racing. of shit. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, it drives me crazy. So I immediately just went to Google and typed in horse texting. Of course you did. And there was you also have a lot more things to do in your life and then talk about babies yeah. getting cut up and hidden. <laughs> it was within like seconds of seeing <laughs> your, your tweet. I thought I need to investigate further. Um, and I found an image of, it says horse texting definitions. First of all, it's a woman sitting on a, uh, on a horse, of course. On a and cell phone. just like leaning on the phone. I love that. On the cell phone. Yeah. So there's, there's all these, these acronyms like, you know, LOL, laugh out loud, whatever, mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. it's all uh, horse related. So let's start with a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> They're all good is the problem. F F O M H L. Do you know what that means? It means fell off my horse, comma, laughing. <laughs> FTC forgot the carrots. Hey Chris, I'm a I'm R2R um, over here. What what can you what can you do for me for? I'm R2R. Ready to ride. <laughs> HBS, horse being stubborn. And the one that the one that we use the most commonly on the podcast is MIHA, right? Mares in heat again. <laughs> Gotta watch out that mares in heat again. <laughs> That's what we call Sam. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> the last one is O O G A H G H on the ground, and my horse is gone. Help! Help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget about the P I H H, which is the poop induced half halt. And if I know anything about horses, and I don't, um, half halts are much worse than full halts. So. Oh, oh. I don't know anything about horses, but I bet I know they have manes and that we use the same type of shampoo. <laughs> you use the no more tears stuff too? You and the horses? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or or are you a head and shoulders guy? Like you, do you have horses with dandruff up there? Is that what's happening? There's a, there's a legit like horse shampoo that you can use on that, that people use. I never used it, but it was recommended to me many I've times. I've never used it. Sure, Chris. Cause it's sure. like, it's like a gigantic like vat of like horse shampoo and they're like yeah it's good for your hair I'm like i'm sure it is but i don't want to smell like a horse thank you 
Of course it smells good, man. Poop and just hay in my bra. <laughs> hay in my bra. Mud sucked off my boot. That, see, that just that one sounds real bad until you get the boot part of it. Mud sucked my boot off. It just has so many negative connotations in my head. I love it. It's so bad. Or sucked me off. I mean, uh, nope. Don't want to do that. Can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember the classic okay. HJBM. Horse just bowel movement. HJBM. Oh. <laughs> it's horse just bit me. <laughs> You're already altering the, the key. If we uh, if like if you're if you're bored at work and uh, I'll be driving all day tomorrow, but I might have some time. Like we should try to come up with a bunch of these for Supernatural, just for the first three seasons, and see what oh we can come up God. with. Yep. Yep. Uh, what about um, uh, CTDM, which is can't talk? Jen got me. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Okay. You see what I'm going can't, with? Can't talk, Jen. Be. Are you writing this down yeah, right I'm now? Making, I'm making notes. Okay. Making notes, okay. Yeah. Fuck you, smudge in. Whatever. Uh, D-G-I-N-N. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what was it? It was a potential episode title at one point that my hunks are in trouble. <laughs> M- yeah. H. <laughs> hunks in trouble hey. just just h-i-t right we got a hit over here we got hunks in trouble <laughs> this is too good <laughs> all right you ready to do this what about uh hold on uh dt dw which is devil's trap didn't work <laughs> That would oh, be yep. a, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like that's that's something yep. that you would want to shorten that shorten us it's for. Yep. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna say any more of these out loud. We're just gonna DM them back and forth to each other tomorrow so that we can make a make a full thing because I love this idea too much. Yep. Oh my god, what is wrong with this mic? I hate mics. Everybody, everyone out there named Mike hey. Hey Mike. I know like Do you have a, your notes? A, a lot of dudes named Mike. Yeah, same. Probably because there are a lot of dudes named Mike. Uh, yes, I do have my notes. My generation has my generation has a shitload of Chris's. When I oh shit, a college story. <laughs> yeah, so when I was in college, I, uh, I may have accidentally hung up on you. Chris on my floor, and I went to a, a very small college. Oh my god. I know maybe like three I other Jeremys in the in the real world. Two. Like vaguely, like I work with a guy named Jeremy, and I knew one from from uh, mm-hmm. coolest motherfucker you know too, huh? I don't know. <laughs> he's not offensive in any way, but <laughs> that's one way. He's not a neo-Nazi, right? Like that's the bar that you have to cross nowadays. Yeah, he's probably a nice guy, but like he had like he had posters of like like college hockey players hung up at his desk sure. like you know yeah i mean that's i mean that's it's, there's nothing that's wrong with that dude. yeah but that's you what know. you want to look at all day man i'm sure whatever <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with it and then uh there's the another guy. guys these are they're good sorry go ahead i don't have anything more to say i keep doing that to you jeremy god damn it <laughs> i think um like just to i think our my lag is a little bit more than it usually is so i think we're i think we're just a little bit of a lag issue but i can fix all this in yeah. post don't worry it's just to be a lot of work for me so no big deal uh, oh yeah no sweat 
I had no idea you were 6'2". 6'2", 470 pounds. Svelte. That's, that's fucking dope. <laughs> 40% of it is neck up, you know what I'm saying? Got that big head. <laughs> <laughs> if you just were like packing like, like above 400 just out of nowhere, I'd be honestly impressed. <laughs> Just uh, coming in here swinging some heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird because, you know, like, we've never met each other in person before. Like, all we know about each other is basically we both like Supernatural and some, some of the same video games and bullshit and have kind of the same <laughs> sense of humor. Like, yeah. Got a big head.